I've been listening to Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper for an entire year. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spin It. And we back, and we back. And we back. I'm James, and with me is Connor. That's me. That's right. And this week, we're talking about Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper. I'm excited for this episode. I really am. Back into the rap world. That's right. We have not done a foray into the rap world all the way since episode three, when we talked about my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Yep. Although I would probably wager that Kanye's been the most talked about artist that we've done. He's come up in the most number of episodes, which is kind of ironic. (laughs) You keep hating on his rhymes or telling him, oh, Kanye, take notes. This is better than you or something. Well, uh, today we'll answer the question, is Chance the Rapper's coloring book better than Kanye's Dark Twisted Fantasy? Yeah, I know. I've been curious about that. I don't really know much about Chance the Rapper. No, you don't? I knew who he was. I knew he was a rapper. I knew he was pretty popular. But I wouldn't have been able to name any of his songs or anything like that. This was kind of my introduction to him as an artist. I figured it would be. Yeah, you're not typically a big rap listener. But I tried to keep some... Some of the bias out. That's good. I mean, a good chunk of my scores is wrapped up into whether or not I'll re-listen to it. So the bias is there pretty heavily still, but I didn't write it off just because I didn't care for the genre. Good. I hope not. I'm curious to get all your thoughts on this, but you don't know much about Chance the Rapper. No, tell me. Well, first of all, Chance isn't a stage name in case that wasn't clear. His full name is Chancellor Jonathan Bennett. And as the name might imply, he is a rapper. What? So he is Chance the Rapper. That's him. Yeah. He released his debut mixtape called 10 Day in two. 2012. Be careful. What? If you throw out the M word too many times, we'll summon you know who. Yeah, well, we're going to have to throw out the M word a lot because it comes up a couple times. But he released 10 Day when he was 19, and he's still obviously making music to this day. His second mixtape called Acid Rap is what really started to turn the spotlight his way. You hear that in the background echoing? It's going to be a long episode. And what's impressive about Chance and why he's kind of unique as a musical artist, I mean, aside from his musical talent, is how his career took off. He was a senior in high school when he started making 10 Day, and essentially, he did the entire thing by himself, top to bottom, as an untrained, at least professionally untrained, high school student. And that got him recognized right away as one of Chicago's 10 new rappers to watch by Complex Magazine. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And in high school. Now, I uh, read something interesting that you probably can elaborate on. He gives out all of his music for free? Yeah, that is actually what I was just about to talk about. 10 Day, he shared it for free online. And, you know, that's the really unusual part to his entire journey. And it got over 500,000 downloads just from being posted on a music download site. Sure. So that's where he kind of planted his roots. And he kind of made it his mission to put out all this music and make it super accessible to people. But he released 10 Day, it got 500,000 downloads. And after that, he released Acid Rap, his second mixtape, in a similar fashion. It was all digital, all all free and largely self-made. So he's not like signed to a record company or anything? He wasn't then and he's not at the time of Coloring Book. I don't know if he's still unsigned. Gotcha. Everything he's done since Coloring Book, uh, people don't talk about that much. Oh, oh, I, I see. Yeah, it gets a little rocky after this, according to some. Haven't listened to his latest album is called The Big Day. No, but actually one of his biggest advantages when he made Acid Rap was that he was unsigned because it allowed him to work with whoever he wanted to work with. He didn't have as many restrictions on who the label would allow him to work with. Is that a thing the labels do is say you can't work with this artist? Uh, Yeah, a lot. And he actually has a couple of songs about that on this record. I didn't know that was a thing. Weird. It is weird. And apparently very annoying to Chance as we will learn in a few minutes. I I would be annoying to me too. (laughs) Imagine wanting to work with this artist and like having this great song idea and then the people funding it just go no yeah exactly exactly which is why he preferred to stay unsigned and release everything for free fair enough chance considered acid rap an exercise in musical consistency it's a pretty good record and i debated whether we should do that one or coloring book they are pretty much equally well received amongst fans the difference i guess is just whether your background is in rap music or not rap music which one did you go with we went with the not rap music background because i know you oh smart yeah i <laughs> thought this would maybe be a better one to start you on but they're both you know decent 
decently well received by the fans. Fair enough. Pitchfork ranked Acid Rap the number 89 best album of the decade in 2019, and it had more than three times the downloads of 10 Day, so it certainly took off on its own. But of course, today we're talking about his third mixtape that came after that, and in a certain sense, it was his first more traditional release, and that's Coloring Book. What made it more traditional? It's a little more traditional in the sense that it was released to streaming services and not just music download sites. Gotcha. So Coloring Book came out, and it was exclusive to Apple Music for the first little while that it was released. This was 2016, and it was streamed 57.3 million times, and that's, I mean, the equivalent of 38,000 units sold. And that put it at number eight on the Billboard 200. And that's what's so remarkable about this album. Coloring Book was the first record to make it onto the charts solely based on streaming. No physical sales at all. And it stayed there for 33 consecutive weeks. I want to know the formula behind that. How do you get 38,000 units sold from 57.3 million streams? It's so complicated. And essentially what it boils down to, uh, there are a couple of things. One, if you pay for your streaming service versus whether you use an ad-supported free version, light version, whatever, okay, that's going to affect how much your artist gets per stream. I'm a little off on the numbers, I think, but I believe if you stream songs on like Spotify for free, for example, it takes like 3,750 streams to equal the sale of one CD. Huh. If you pay for your Spotify, it takes like 1,500. And who's listening to songs 1,500 times? Even your favorite songs? You've probably never heard 1,500 times that that seems broken it is and if you listen to the song that much they still only get like 10 cents that they would get from an album sale it is bizarre because like if i bought an album you know i could get the free versus the not free affecting it but i don't get how the number of hours spent listening to an album isn't the same on stream versus on cd yeah well it's because these streaming services have to make money you know they can't just pay out and pay out and pay out nah i know nah so yeah it's a little broken and copyright law there's still working on it and updating it, especially in this relatively new era of music streaming. Sure. I don't know how viable it is to release albums for free on streaming services or not, but honestly, that's kind of what happened for Chance, is a lot of his income was from touring and merch sales. It was like a big portion of it, because obviously not selling any music. I don't know if this is something you know or not, but I thought it might be, so I avoided it for Factor Spend. He went broke making both Acid Rap and Coloring Book. I can absolutely believe it. The amount of money he put into getting them made bankrupted him basically and then you know he'd recoup all that from concert and merch yeah it's a pretty remarkable story i mean his rise to becoming more of a well-known name in rap but tell me about coloring book yeah well like we said released first to streaming services reached number eight on the billboard 200 it took home a grammy for the best rap album and it was also the first record to do it only on stream that same year chance also took home another two grammys for best new artist and best rap performance So, you know, just to reemphasize, the man released two mixtapes virtually on his own for free on music sharing sites and then dropped Coloring Book also for free and it was met with pretty much universal critical acclaim and it set a new standard for streaming albums. It's just so impressive. And then nobody talks about anything after that, apparently. No, no. uh, (laughs) He released an album called The Big Day after his wedding and I haven't listened to it, but I think reception was mostly negative. It sounds like he's got some exciting stuff on the horizon. I mean, he's previewed a couple of songs on his Instagram at this point, and I think he could still generate some buzz. But I think the big day is one that most people would like to sweep under the rug. I see. But that's pretty much the overview of his career, his rise, and the background of Coloring Book. And I know we've certainly put up the bat signal enough times by saying the word mixtape. So let's just bring him on out for Factor Spin. Yeah, you heard the bell. That's that's the sound. It's the hey, signal. Hey, it's me, the mixtaper. Ah, hey, mixtaper, welcome back. This is my kind of album. It's a mixtape. It, yeah, it's officially a mixtape. Also, I mean, should we clarify? We talked a lot about these being mixtapes and kind of being distinct in that regard, too. I don't think we've ever clarified what the difference is between a mixtape and an album. Yes, let's do that. Yeah, well, the brief overview is that a mixtape is kind of more of a loose collection of songs. They're not as thematically connected or anything like that. Like an album is going to be more cohesive, more planned out, more front to back, one singular vision. A mixtape can be just a collection of different songs. It doesn't have to necessarily be as coherent. Not coherent is exactly how I would describe myself, so that fits. And a lot of times you'll mostly see it with rap music because you can put out a mixtape quicker than you could put out an album. We ready to get into some factor spin? I'm hoping that because this is a mixtape that it's sending good vibes my way and I have another good week yeah up first 
He helped create a card game. A card game. All right. Yep. What kind of a card game? Like Go Fish, Crazy Eights? It's a flip and write style game. Flip and write games are games where like you usually flip something over and then you're using pen and paper to write stuff down, right? Sure, I guess. What was his specific twist on it? What are you flipping and writing in Chance the Rapper game? This game is a Tetris-based card game. So you flip over a Tetris piece, and then you have to draw where you would put it. Yeah. Really? What? Pretty much. Let me give you a little background on the game itself before we get into the rules. The card game is called Second Chance. Oh, okay. And he worked with the Tetris company to create this game because he has a special love for Tetris. He would play it when he would stay at his grandmother's growing up. The two of them would sit around for hours playing the game together and listening to Michael Jackson albums. I mean, all that tracks. It could be feasible the game was created in 2017 as well i didn't say that yet but now into the rules you seem so bent out of shape about well i'm not bent out of shape i'm just curious everyone is given a nine by nine grid yeah and they all draw a starting shape from the deck that they have to then draw onto their grid somewhere anywhere you want right then two cards are flipped overs and all players must pick one of the two shapes to draw onto their grid this continues until a player can't fit either shape into their grid this triggers their second chance. A third card is flipped, and if that shape can fit into the grid, they get to stay in the game. If not, they're out. That's not much of a second chance. Uh, well, you get a second chance. I mean, you get a whole extra card. And how big is this grid? You said nine by nine? And nine by nine. And then the winner is whoever has the least number of spots remaining. Right. And there's no kind of rule, you know, in Tetris, if you clear a row, it disappears. There's nothing like that. Nope. No, nothing like that. It's just how it's all about being able to play shapes in a way that allows you to fit the maximum number of shapes. Hmm. Has this game sold a lot? Is it popular? On the website boardgamegeek.com its rank is 2203 okay i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say that this is a spin i believe the board game exists and that's about it i don't think chance the rapper has any affiliation with it you're absolutely correct all right okay i just wanted something i could do with his name and i found this game that's pretty good you tried to trick me with the facts you know things that are directly talked about on this album like listening to michael jackson hanging out with his grandma you know yeah this actually came out in 2019 as well i tried to get it a little closer to, to this album to make you think that while he was at the height of his popularity maybe he did this mm, got it interesting it sounds like a cool concept man we're not starting off great yeah we are what are you talking about no no uh-uh <laughs> this is awful the power of the mixtape is not flowing through me right now yeah better press rewind and try again <laughs> well in that case he helped create a card game i'm gonna lock in spin <laughs> uh up next he interned for barack obama Ooh, interesting fact when did this happen this happened during obama's first presidential campaign so we're talking like 2000 what seven yeah 2007 ish what did he do as an intern he just helped out and would spend time you know phone banking for obama and stuff during campaign rallies and stuff like that i don't know whatever an intern does sure it's not unheard of i mean he talks about obama once or twice on this album he's from chicago just like barack and i'm intrigued but 2007 i mean oh would telling you he has a personal connection to obama maybe help his dad ken bennett was appointed state director by obama when he was a senator in illinois <sighs> tough this is a tough one but 2007 i mean he would have been like 14 yeah perfect time to intern especially when your dad was a work friend with obama i i don't know for sure i just i've got a gut feeling that it's another spin you're going with another spin yeah i'm going with another spin i think all right well you thought wrong this is a true fact really yeah wow he interned for obama through his dad yeah he like took christmas pictures with obama and his wife and his dad at one point when he was just a little teenager wow his dad actually wanted chance to have a political career and so that might have been part of it his dad maybe helped hook him up with that try to get him into politics probably all right i like this we're, we're coming back what's uh what's next he inspired a cheese stick recipe at a restaurant Cheese sticks? Yeah. Well, let's start off with what's the recipe? 25% chance, 75% stick. What? What? <laughs> They're called chance sticks. Chance stick? What? Instead of cheese sticks. And they're 25% chance, 75% stick. So you just, like, you you order them, and then you get them, and there there's a chance that it might not be a cheese stick? Or you could get a regular stick, maybe. That's just what he called them when they were asked him what the recipe was. He said it was 25% chance, 75% stick. Okay, so what restaurant <laughs> is up to this? What restaurant do I need to give a call to? It's a hot dog joint called Chicago Doghouse. Okay, so you don't know what's in a chance stick. I assume cheese, if they're cheese sticks. 
Sure, sure. Okay, now how did he inspire this thing? Just by his name? What's the deal? When Chance went to Chicago to visit some friends in the area, he got a craving for cheese sticks, and so he went into this place to see if they had any. They said they didn't, but as he was leaving, one of the workers recognized him and said, I've got batter and I've got cheese. I think I can make you some cheese sticks. So that's what he did. You know, Chance sat down and watched him chop up some cheese and dip them in batter, make some cheese sticks, and he said that they were some of the best cheese sticks he'd ever had, and posted a picture them to Instagram. So they added them to the menu after that? Yeah. After the worker saw the Instagram post, he stole it, put it on his Facebook and said that he's going to get them added to the menu and call them chance sticks. <laughs> this is ridiculous. There's no way. Is there? Is there no way? Yeah. Why would you? So you, you're telling me he walked into a restaurant, looked at the menu, didn't see cheese sticks on the menu and went, are you sure you don't have any cheese sticks? And they went, nope. And then they just waited the entire time he was there eating a hot dog and then went, hold on, watch this. And then just like deep fried some cheese and gave it to, I don't I don't buy this I think this is a spin this is 25% chance 75% spin <laughs> well it's 100% a fact this is a true fact oh, what? no <laughs> Hold on a minute. I don't know if they ever actually got added to the menu. He just said that they would be, and they're not currently on the menu that I can see. I went to the website of this place, and I looked. They're not anywhere on the online menu. Maybe you can go in and just ask for them. Apparently, you can. I guess that's the only way to get them. There are some very interesting items I did find on the menu. So they have a ton of different specialty hot dogs and like gourmet hot dogs and stuff like that. Sure. And they have some fun named ones. They have uh, a Snoop Dogg. A T. Frank dog, an Obama dog, a Rom dog, a Daily dog, and a Chance the Snapper dog, which is a massive alligator sausage with caramelized onion and a sweet Asian chili sauce. What? Okay, wow. You could have put all that in the fact, and I still probably would have called it a spin. I got one more for you. Okay, bring it on. He won a talent show as Michael Jackson. I'm guessing this is before he was a rapper himself, right? When he was younger? When did this happen? In kindergarten and in the fourth grade. I should also clarify only the fourth grade was a talent show kindergarten was graduation twice so he performed what did he sing he didn't sing he danced oh he just danced he did a four minute dance routine dressed as michael jackson to one of michael jackson's songs he had the whole get up you know gloves shoes the white socks pants jacket a fedora everything patented shoes that slip into pegs on the floor uh, i doubt he had the patented ones well that's <laughs> part of the whole get up so he could do the moonwalk and stuff and all the the kicks and the i mean i don't know if he did all of that but i'm sure he tried you don't do a michael jackson dance routine without trying right yeah you are gonna get me really good because now i'm thinking about the meta of the game where <laughs> the first one was a spin the second one was a fact the third one was a fact and i'm trying to think is this one gonna be a fact or a spin based on what you've already do i do three facts in a row yeah you would but i don't know whether this is one i think i'm gonna say that this is false i think i'm saying spin yet again yet again you are wrong this is a fact really <laughs> wow yeah Goodness. like i said and that's part of why I threw the Michael Jackson tidbit into the card game spin to already kind of get you thinking about Michael Jackson and his connection there because he is heavily inspired by Michael Jackson and credits him for teaching proper stage presence and how to captivate a live audience. He takes a lot of his live stage presence from his years of seeing Michael Jackson. Dang. Well, I'm pretty bummed out about that one. The only thing that would have made that better is if I'd gotten you on the card game. Yeah, right. That would have been awful. Another Smashing Pumpkins week. That was going to be the hardest one I knew because I knew you were going to be like, oh, it's called Second Chance. He's just like playing off of the name. But I'm gaining ground on you yet again. Yeah, this is another week you made up a point here in the long run. It's comeback season, baby. Comeback season. I hope not. I had to do a big deep dive to find all of these facts. The cheese stick one is about as deep as one could dive. Hopefully it's stuff that the audience doesn't know. Even if you're here and you're a big Chance the Rapper fan, maybe these were facts you didn't even know. Yeah, now you could be a fan of Chance the Cheese Stick. (laughs) Well, we got to get talking about this mixtape now. So we'll see you next week, Mixtaper. Oh, I'll be back later in this episode. Uh, Yeah, I was worried about that. (laughs) The Mixtaper will return. I'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. That concludes Factor Spin. And I'm back and I'm back and I'm back. Welcome back, Connor. Let's talk about the album art on Coloring Book. You know, as you would expect, an album called Coloring Book. Album art's got to catch your eye. It didn't really catch my eye that much. It wasn't too different from some of his other ones. A lot of them were just pictures of him. Well, that's interesting that you say that because up until 2019, Chance set up his album covers in a very simple, very similar way. It's all his face. And they're generally done up like paintings or like actual artwork. Sure. And this was 
was very intentional because they kind of realized that this was pretty new for hip-hop album covers. It's not really something a lot of people did. So he kind of found this as his niche and it really set him apart right from first glance. It gave him his iconic three hat too, right? Absolutely. He started wearing the three hat to promote his third mixtape, Coloring Book, because it was untitled for a long time. People called it Chance 3. Just as, you know, it's a clean design. It's a quick little promo and it's really kind of become his trademark. People asked if he was going to switch to a four hat when he started talking about releasing the big day and he said nope it's three i'm sticking with three and nowadays it's kind of come to represent more you know just him as a rapper first of all it's synonymous with him second of all people speculate that he wears it to commemorate his family of three yep i saw that but of course now his family is four right yeah so again maybe the four hats not looking too bad maybe not but you know it's cool that he makes his face his image his brand and that makes it easier to sell merchandise, which we talked about is such a significant portion of his income. And, you know, keeping music accessible and free takes a lot of money. You got to move a lot of merchandise. The smile on this album has significance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I guess the other ones had like him looking perplexed or bewildered, stuff like that. But he wanted to go with a smile on this one for his daughter. He says the thing that makes him smile the most is seeing his daughter. And when she grew up, he wanted her to be able to see him smiling, you know, on one of his albums. It's true. This picture of chance that's on the cover is actually based off of a picture of him looking at his daughter holding her in his arm so it does make plenty of sense and actually if you follow the chronology you know on 10 day he's looking up on acid rap he's looking out and on coloring book he's looking down so really i guess it shows this whole chronology i think it's time to hop into the first song feet first that's right let's hop in i think that coloring book is a lot lighter and much more fun to listen to than kanye you know my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was a really heavy record it dealt with a lot of deeper subject matter I think Coloring Book is way more light on its feet. You know, it's got a lot more upbeat songs. It's not nearly as self-indulgent. You know, Kanye would have these songs that went on for seven, eight minutes that were just refrains repeated over and over. And Chance is able to trim a lot of that down. Uh, Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think I like this better than Kanye's as well. Ooh, okay. We talked just the tiniest bit about this before the podcast and early indications were that that would not be the case. I've reflected on those comments and decided they were a little harsh. Uh-huh. And mainly I went back and listened to a couple of the Kanye songs today and that completely, I think, flipped it for me. Yeah, you remembered. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later, though. I, I like this. It was more concise, although there, there were the moments that got repetitive. We'll get there. Yeah, there are a handful of really <laughs> long segments of this album where you go, okay, I, I'm with you. But for the most part, you know, the music's better. The rhymes are better. It's just better. Take notes, Kanye. Well, you know what? Kanye doesn't need to take notes. He's featured on the very first track, All We Got. Yeah. This track kicks off the record, and honestly, I think it's a pretty strong track for an intro it's a good overview of what we're going to see later on in the album it started off too repetitive instantly really well i loved the horns that signaled the intro yeah they lead it in with these jazzy horns but then the first thing we hear is and we back 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 this is what i would expect out of a song that features kanye yeah well that's a callback to the intro from his last album acid rap he does the same thing which i haven't heard i know but that's you know that's what it is that's just a little like a, a reference that he sprinkled in for his fans. You know, people that have listened to his music before will recognize that and it just gets you amped up. I will say Trumpet Kanye is my favorite Kanye. Trumpet Kanye? Yeah. Kanye rapping over trumpets is better than Kanye rapping over most other things. No, no, no. I'm talking about in the song where they like modulate his voice to make it kind of sound trumpety. They do. They do. Yeah. On his fills. That's my favorite Kanye. Fair enough. What I like about All We Got is it's so autobiographical. One of the things that's cool about this record and we start to see it right here from the get-go is how it's pretty much the world through Chance's eyes. You know, he incorporates all these elements of his life, like growing up and his family and his faith and his music, but the record isn't solely about any one of those things. This is a record about Chance the Rapper. And it's pretty clear that the unsigned, just dropping mixtapes freedom is working out for him, because that's what enables him to make a record like this, that's so many different things put together into one. You know, a lot of record labels might not have liked it. This is a song I like the verses better than the chorus. Well, sure. Yeah, the chorus on this song isn't that much. The chorus the this is bomb 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 it's whatever music is all we got yeah that's it the music is all we got i like that specific line but the rest of the chords can kind of go away right the verse is great though i i agree with you he talks all about making his family you know trying to turn my baby mama to my fiance my daughter couldn't have a better mother one of my favorite lines too is he talks about i swear my life is perfect i could merch it if i die i'd probably cry at my own service it's a good one my personal favorite line in the song is in verse two yeah what's that i was baptized like real early I might give Satan a swirly. <laughs> I know, what an image. I just love the image of Satan getting a 
swirly. Love it. Yeah, and it's just this whole thing where he tackles something that could be a really uh, a heavy-handed subject in a lighthearted way. Like, oh, the devil, but like, I'm just gonna give him a swirly. And that lightheartedness is something that carries on throughout the record. Uh, the outro is too repetitive as well. I mean, the outro is just the same thing as the chorus. Yeah. Oh, the beginning and the end was bleh. The chorus was bleh. The verses were all right. On the surface, that might sound like a bad review, but if you're unfamiliar with Connor and his taste for rap music, that's pretty good. I actually have a lot of positive things to say on this one, but it's a relative scale. I'm going to be talking about the positive things I liked on this album, but compared to other albums, it doesn't necessarily mean I liked it better than those, you know? Sure, sure. I got no problem with that. It just so happens the next track on the album is No Problem, featuring everyone's favorites Lil Wayne and 2 Chains. No Problem is the album's Grammy-winning track. It won the Grammy for Best Rap Performance. It's so annoying. <laughs> I thought you might have a problem with this one. The freaking you don't want no problem with me. It's annoyingly catchy. Yes, it is. I get sick and tired of hearing him say it, but it's the only thing from the album that I find myself singing occasionally. <laughs> yep. And I'm frustrated that that's the case. <laughs> I like the scale of this song. It feels like a big song. And a lot of that is due to the choir in the background. The choir's not singing anything intelligible. It's just a bunch of chop up syllables and sounds but actually there's nothing sampled on this track that's a choir that sang specifically for this song they didn't use any samples yeah and what they did was they modulated the pitch and they chopped it up the way that they did because they wanted it to sound like it had been sampled which is different why not just pick something that was sampled then because they wanted it to be this (laughs) i don't know i really like the (laughs) that he does in the chorus as well yeah it fits really well with the rhythm of the chorus and the energy of it. No problem is basically the song. It's the first time that we see Chance giving basically a middle finger to record labels. It's an appropriate second track for this record that by nature of its very existence is a middle finger to record labels on its own. And it's pretty clever, honestly, that it features Lil Wayne because he's kind of notorious for all of his record label troubles. So one thing I'll talk about later when we get to it is that I struggled with this album having only one listen. Yeah, you know, hip hop albums are pretty dense lyrically and there are a lot to process on the first time through so i didn't even realize this was necessarily about record labels until you said that yeah i just thought he was ready to fight and was telling everybody you don't want no problem with me i'm ready to pop off it's okay though i get it i get it the very intro to this song you don't want no problems big fella that's a comedian speaking that line haha davis which really clues you into the idea that record labels are kind of a joke to chance makes sense i will say i will point out one moment of certified buffoonery that is so darn fun to be in this song that i can't like every time it comes on i'm like yeah yeah, the line, there go Chano riding through the streets. They'd be like, there he go. <laughs> They'd be like, there he go. There he go. <laughs> like you do when Chance the Rapper drives by. That's what I'd do. And then I'd make him some cheese sticks. But in the first verse, Chance talks about how these labels talk the talk and they schmooze all these artists into signing with them, the promise of fame and fortune, but nobody tells you that they have such control over your career. The illusion gets shattered and you find yourself stuck. And then 2 Chainz feature is the second verse, and in true 2 Chainz fashion, his verse is just largely about being rich and having stuff. He's like, oh, you have off-brand shoes? Well, take a look at my yacht. A little bit of Kanye flair coming in. Yeah. And then, like we said, Lil Wayne's is really personal about his own issues with his own record label. Yeah. I like No Problem. It is catchy, and it does get stuck in your head. Whether you like it or not is a different question, but it will get stuck in your head. Several of these songs felt like Chance was trying to steal the Nagity Award away from Joan Jett. Oh, but he never does. I I checked. Joan Jett still has the most repetitive song with Nag. I'm going to disagree with you and say he steals it in one of the later songs. We'll get there. We can't disagree. I mean, it's impeachment. I mean, I agree. I think you missed one. Fair enough. But at the end of this song, I just wrote, okay, I get it. I don't want no problem with you. Yeesh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, it's not you. You're not a record label yet, so you're fine. Yeah, well, at the time, I didn't realize that this was about record labels. I was just like, I'm sorry. I I don't want no problem with you. I'm sorry. I'll pre-apologize for whatever I might do. But now that I know that he doesn't have a problem with me, maybe we can be Summer Friends. You don't want to be Summer Friends. This is a sad song. Summer Friends is track three. You're right. It is a sad song. It's one of my least favorite from a musical standpoint only only from a musical standpoint it's a really good inclusion lyrically interesting well don't you like musically yeah it's hard to say there's that very like digital harmony in the background the whole time yep Uh, that's not always a heck yes from me it's okay and then there's also that little like there's this little synth thing happening a lot of the time and it's fine Musically, I feel like the best parts are when Chance gets into his little do-do-do-do-do, that little bit. That's cool, and I like that, but mostly the chorus just doesn't, you know, summer friends, don't 
say, like, that doesn't stick with me very much. I liked it. Okay, well, that's good. I'll take, yeah, sure. Good, great. I did also say, my very first note was, I don't like this synthetic voice stuff at the beginning. Yeah, it could have been done worse. I think it's handled pretty well. It's like, I'm lukewarm on it. It did come back at one point, but I'm glad it went away for the majority of the song. Yeah, it's a pretty poignant song about growing up in Chicago and experiencing the gang violence and stuff that's going on around him, and then the loss of his childhood friends, because that's the whole hook of it, is summer friends don't stay around here. I think in the first verse, he paints this really great picture of childhood. Socks on concrete, Jolly Rancher kids. And he talks about, like you mentioned in the Factor Spin, he talks about staying with his grandma, watching blockbuster movies, catching lightning bugs. But then he talks about how the plague hit the backyard. You know, gang violence started to show up in the neighborhood. And then in the second verse, he does a little bit of a pivot, which I like. You know, he's really good at taking the main idea of his song and then pivoting it in the second verse. He does it a couple other times, but this is one of the first times it happens. He starts talking about how he's working overtime like his father who quote treated the crib like it's a timeshare and how people just fall out of touch as he's grown up and become a rapper the rapper some would say you know he's run into trouble because he's gotten involved with all of his friends and when those relationships go south people just leave summer friends don't stay it's a really clever turn he has a lot of really good rhymes in this one the verses are nice they have good rhymes good rhythms the music complements the rapping it's not trying to outdo it but then you know you get to the part where he goes citywide he does like 20 sometimes in a row and I'm like that's a bit much when you just showed us how good you were at actually saying lyrical things and then you just undercut it with citywide over and over and I was like all right yeah okay well to that point though I think it also needs something else there you can't just have negative space when the music is not doing as much I agree put in some actual lyrics what is an actual lyric the word citywide over and over you just showed us you can do better than that so do better than that I really like the outro. It is a powerful part, I guess. You know, talking about always sticking with your friends, ride or dies, in a very literal sense in this song. So, you know, it is pretty powerful thematically. I just think maybe because it's back-to-back with such a huge song like No Problem, I feel like it's in its shadow a little bit, musically. What'd you think of the next track, Drum Sings Special? The very first thing I wrote down was, am I still on the rap album? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had to go check Spotify and make sure it didn't like skip me into some random song. Yeah, no, this is hardly a rap song at all, if you could even call it that. Drom, or Shelly as he's known now, is a rapper and a singer, and he sings this quick little song. I loved it. The song gets honorable mention. Drom sings special gets honorable mention on this album? Well, I would have given it top three, but it's an interlude, and I set the precedent of not giving interludes top three. Sure. Wow. I, uh, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. I really liked it. Well, okay, yeah. I don't have much to say about it other than it holds a special place in my heart on this album. Yeah, well, it interpolates a song from 1981 called Very Special by Deborah Laws. The two songs are not very related lyrically, but the chords that are in that song do provide a good backdrop for this set of lyrics. And, you know, it's a very affirming, tiny little snippet of song. You're special, I'm special, we're all special. This is a theme that Chance has tried to tackle before. There's a track on acid rap called Everybody's Something. And I think he has more success on the other one, but this song works well enough as an interlude, you know, to ease us out of the heavier themes of Summer Friends. Drom said, I have a quote. He said, I always wanted to make children's music. I was literally trying to make something that you could put on Barney, that you could put on Sesame Street. It was strictly for the children. And Chance the Rapper heard it. And after thinking about it, I was like, mm, F it, whatever. So that's how he got the song. That's how it ended up here. This is for the children, but screw it. We'll put it as an interlude on this. <laughs> Sesame Street, Barney, or Coloring Book. Coloring Book sounds like it would be something for kids. That's true. Maybe maybe Drum was just confused. Maybe. He saw it was called Coloring Book and thought it was for the kids. Silly Drum. Coloring Book is for adults. Well, it's not tricks commercial. What? To start with a children's choir, this Sesame Street song. See? Something there. Something. That something is Blessings. Featuring Jamila Woods. Blessings is one of the album's bigger tracks. It kind of made the rounds a little more, you know? And Chance takes a minute to elaborate on how great his life's going. He set it up in the intro. I swear my life's perfect. I can merge it. And this is the track where he starts to build on that. I think this is the one song on the album I've heard before. Really? It sounded familiar. When it started playing, it tickled a memory. Couldn't place it, but I think I've heard this. How about that? See, it did. If Connor's heard a rap song, you know it made the rounds. It also is the first song on the album to make top three. Top three. Wow. That's cool. I like this one too, and I feel like I'd put it in my top three. It's understated. It is. No Problem has the big music, but then Summer Friends has way more scaled back music. This feels like the perfect happy medium. I don't have a lot of notes about it other than I liked it. I did have one complaint about the song. Yeah. I think the verses should have been faster. You have the 
slower choruses, I think I would have liked for the verses to be faster. So then when we hit the choruses, the choruses stood out more. No, I get that. It's restrained a little bit. It's it's more laid back. I like fast rap. I think fast rap is impressive in what makes the genre stand out. But so many people just mumble rap and you can't understand a word they're saying. And they just throw in a bunch of curse words and uhs every once in a while. Chance does not do that really at all. When he raps and he starts rapping fast, you hear every single word he's saying. And he has some nice rhymes in there and some good heavy hitting lyrics it's crisp he's very clean with his sound yeah crisp that's a good word for it like an apple yeah chance is the apple of rappers sure this is another big moment i would say again where he's like the song is religious but it's a song about chance and the way that his beliefs influence his outlook you know it's not like a preachy type song Mm -hmm. you know the whole hook of it is it seems like blessings keep falling in my lap lap. exactly it's a cool chance for him to integrate this kind of gospel rap sound into his music a little bit oh boy does he do that later yeah he does i think it's probably an influence from his childhood you know he talked about being baptized early giving satan a swirly and we get the great trumpet pieces on this song too probably another reason that you liked it love me a good trumpet and i was a trumpet player myself yeah and he talks in this song again about his girl and his daughter and how he's at war with my wrongs again another example of how he frames his life in this kind of new context you know when he found out that he was going to be a dad and that his child would potentially have some health issues he really started to dig back into his childhood faith which is where we get the shift between acid rap and coloring book yeah it's a whole paradigm shift for him. And I think it's interesting to like display this kind of religious outlook in, well, I guess what I would call such a mainstream context to have songs like this side by side with two chains rapping about Yeezys or a song about how he was addicted to Zans or, you know, a lot of this record is just a collision of all of these elements of Chance's life where all that stuff kind of engages with his spiritual outlook. And I think that that's clever in its own way because, you know, if, if so much of this is just a compilation of different things and how they impact or relate to him personally human lives are mixtapes that we're all just compilations of different experiences and things and that gets crammed together to make us who we are oh deep yeah and to call it coloring book then it would be almost like to say that he is the coloring book himself right he's coloring in different pieces of his personality sometimes coloring outside the lines you know life is messy there's so many different ways you can take this did you read my notes that's exactly you know i said part of the reason we call it coloring book is we see that nothing in his life has been black and white there's this whole spectrum of blessings and problems of hurt and hope it's just a wide range we've got songs like count my blessings up against drinking all night drinking all day i got angels all around me while we could use a smoke break how great is god back to back with the brutal reality of gang violence and friends getting killed and it's just this huge melting pot of things and we get it all in this raw vivid detail so it's a very colorful picture for us and this mixtape is kind of just a canvas to paint that picture of himself i think blessings is a key reason that this album clicks is because we start to understand it as this paradigm this is chance the rapper looking out at the world up next same drugs same drugs i like this song a lot i haven't officially picked a favorite but this is a very strong contender nope what do you mean nope you didn't like this nope are you kidding wow i thought this would be your favorite because you're the ballad guy this was the disappointment song for me what didn't you like a lot (laughs) my first note was another melodic intro this is promising okay and then we hit the chorus he starts off on a chorus and i immediately went nope don't like that the chorus is very meh it does get better when we get to the verses but the verses are so short the choruses never click for me the chorus is basically we don't do the same drugs no more we don't do the we don't do the same drugs do the same drugs no more sure the music doesn't line up with the lyrics and the way i want them to it's not as big of a hit as i want it to be for a chorus the lyrics are kind of meh compared to the verses now hold on now the verses sign me up okay this whole song is basically this peter pan allegory it's about growing up and how we don't do the same drugs is supposed to indicate that you've grown up obviously the song is not about drugs the song is not a drug song we don't do the same drugs like the same stuff doesn't make us happy anymore we don't pursue the same interests anymore that's pretty much what it is and chance said that this was one of the hardest songs to write and it had over 20 different versions before this one was finalized i did say this song was the biggest disappointment but it has my favorite line on the entire album in it. <laughs> oh yeah what's your favorite line the line you were always perfect and i was only practice uh it's such a heavy 
hitting line. Like, whoa. It really is. I love it. I love it. My favorite line on the whole album. Now, the third chorus, it came together. The music swelled, finally lined up with what was singing. With the orchestra. Yeah, and it was it was great. But it doesn't make up for the beginning two choruses or the intro or anything like that. And so this song just kind of disappointed me a bit. Wow. I just, I kind of like that it's just him at a piano singing, when did you change? Wendy, you've aged. By the way, I love that couplet. That's great. It is good. I thought you'd never grow up. Window closed. Wendy got old. That's such a cool parallel. I was a shadow of what I once was. Ah. You're a big Peter Pan fan too. That might be biasing you a little bit. I mean, maybe, but it's just a well-written song, I think. Ah, it just, it didn't do it for me. I wasn't, as you said, heck yes the entire time. Well, that's what it is for me. I don't know. Now, I also want to ask you, when was the last time you had Juicy Fruit gum? It's been a bit. I don't do the same drugs no more. I saw that. It tastes like Juicy Fruit. Works like a magic trick. I haven't had any Juicy Fruit in a while. No doubt. Also, it reminded me of a magic trick that uses Juicy Fruit. Funny that you say that because that's what that line is based off of. What? That line is based off of a magic trick. Is it really? Which one? Is it based off of Jay Sankey's? He's the one that did the Juicy Fruit trick. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it's about you show someone a Juicy Fruit wrapper, they pick a card. Yeah. And it shows up. On it the shows juicy up fruit on the wrapper. Juicy Fruit wrapper. Yeah. And then you unwrap the Juicy Fruit wrapper and the card is inside. That's exactly what this line is in reference to. As the resident magician on the podcast, that's awesome. I might like this song more now. Okay, good. There we go. There we go. I'm throwing this song onto the honorable mention list. No, no. Bad precedent. It's a one time. It's not a precedent. It's a one time. One note I I had about halfway through this album is that I struggled to pick a top three because I liked a lot of the songs equally. Oh. They were different, but like they competed for one another for what was my favorite. It's not like a Billy Joel where all the songs are wonderful and I love them all. It's just that all the songs I like about the same amount. And so I really struggled to pick a top three because what I do is as I'm making my notes, at the end of it, I put a top three question mark. And then at the end, I go back and see where all of them are and I pick which ones are actually going to be my top three. I get that. Of the 14 tracks, eight of them had top three question marks next to them. Oh, jeez. Eight of them? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I painstakingly narrowed it down to three, but I'm not 100% certain I'm happy with those three. And I did pick a kind of mention. And so this is going to be a one-time thing where I'm going to throw other songs onto the honorable mention that is so much not what i expected from you but i agree though i consider these songs as different tiers of song you know yeah where i would group a lot of them together in category like s tier and then some would be a tier and b tier and stuff Mm -hmm. needless to say same drugs is more of the a slash s tier for me sounds like you're putting it more b it's like a b tier yeah i need to leave for a song real fast i thought i knew i i knew this was gonna happen the mixtaper saw we were doing this album and looked at the at the set list and requested to be the one to talk about this next song. It holds a special place in his heart. The next song is called Mixtape. Yeah, it's me. I'm back. I told you I'd be back. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the Mixtaper. This is your first time uh, talking about a song on this podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what else are we going to do? So this song, best song on the album, number one song, just off the title itself. Sure, naturally. Now, this is the Mixtaper talking audience. I want to clarify, this is 110% a bit. Connor probably did not feel the same. Uh, he's shaking his head no, so I'm gonna say probably. Yeah, I thought not. It's not, mixtape isn't quite my favorite either. I'm in agreement with Connor on that one. What? Yeah, well, it's another song that's very anti-music establishment. Am I the only one who still cares about mixtapes? No, I care about mixtapes. Well, right, exactly. I'm the mixtaper, yeah. I know. How about us? We are all on top of it. But you know, mixtapes are this very organic form of making music. They're free-spirited, they're accessible, they're informal, and just like historically, mixtapes, making mixtapes and stuff, it hasn't been able to get you anywhere. People don't consider them for awards. They don't chart often. And that's why Chance is so out of left field is because he made a mixtape and did all that stuff. But that's what this song is all about. You know, am I the only one that still enjoys music organically like this? I really like the instruments on this song. I called them cascading bells. Oh. They're not bells, but I didn't know what instrument they were, so I just went with bells to remind myself. No, they do have a certain bell-like quality to them. But they're definitely not bells. No, they're more than likely just synths. But I really liked them, how they were cascading around. That's true. It is It is different. I like Chance's lyrics a lot of the times. In verse one, he says, how can they call themselves bosses when they've got so many bosses? Again, 2016 album. Guess it's a little bit dated lingo, isn't it? But they've got all these bosses telling them what to do. You got to check with the boss before you can make your record. But Chance doesn't have that restriction. Connor uh, wants me to say that he doesn't like the fact that they have to repeat each line twice at the beginning. Yeah, they do kind of echo the ends of each phrase. Well, you know, it's a mixtape, so it's perfect. Right. Yeah, naturally. I was uh, not as impressed. I'm never doing this again. If you don't agree with me 100%, I'm out. (laughs) That 
that tracks. See you later, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. He insisted. I understand. Anyway, I really don't have too terribly much to say on this one. It's an okay song, and it is a great tribute to mixtapes as a means of making music. But, you know, I think there's just a lot of other more exciting stuff on this record. I agree. Up next, a song that was in the top three Conorable Mention territory, but ended up not getting it, Angels. Whoa, really? Okay, hold on. Angels is another really, really strong contender for my favorite pick, so I'm curious as to what happened with you. I'm not solid on my top three. I had eight of them that tried to narrow it down to top threes in a Conorable Mention. Connor's classic top eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, if I could get away with that and you'd let me, I'd absolutely do it, but I know you wouldn't. You would never go for that. We have to have some kind of structure. You might have to, but... <laughs> I don't know, I like I like this song. And another thing I like a lot is the music video. It features Chance dressed as a character known as Flyboy, who's created by Hebrew Brantley, a Chicago artist who's known for his murals. And Flyboy is a character that he created. Is Flyboy a superhero, you said? Yeah, of sorts. Yeah. What's his powers? Does he fly? Yeah. He should have dressed up as a cheese stick and Chance Stick Boy. Good grief. It's 25% Chance, 75% superhero. I guess. I, I felt like this is just such a punchy, high energy song, you know? It really, it really amps you up. Right off the bat, he's got the city doing front flips, and it's cool because he talks about how he gets the city amped up where every father mayor rapper jumps ship you know he's becoming this influential figure in the community where traditional leaders have failed he's rising to the challenge and when you talked about his dad wanting him to get into a political career i instantly thought of this line where he considers himself doing better than the mayors you know he's the blueprint to a real man he's setting this example being the role model for the community like he is yeah and he talks about wanting to clean up the streets so his daughter can have somewhere to play he talks about again about his struggles with xanax very personal and like real life stuff you know this is one of those songs he does the fast rapping. Like he gets he gets some speed going with the amount of syllables he has to say, and he does them fast and well, very concise, very crisp, showing off his Apple skills. And we need to pause for a moment. Uh huh. Where did those steel drums come from? That was my note. I said more steel drums. We found them. Yeah. The last place we had steel drums was way back in Aerosmith. Permanent vacation. I'm adding this song to the honorable mention list, by the way. Oh, you're adding it back. It was there. It got removed. So I'm adding it back onto the honorable mention. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm obviously not complaining about that. Which means six of my eight are back. Yep. One of the lines I really love, it just catches my ear every time. All of a sudden, woo-wop-da-bam, I got angels. It's That's good. Woo-wop-da-bam, I love it. Right? That's actually a little bit of like regional Chicago jargon. Is it really? It's kind of a sentence filler. Yeah, instead of saying like, never mind or like whatever, you would just throw woo-wop-da-bam in there. That, that lyric rhymes with a line that I wanted to ask your opinion on buffoonery for. Okay. Is shortening Alexander the Great to Alexander? and buffoonery i think i'm okay with it because it's the only way you could make it fit oh also you talk about him being crisp like an apple i guess that's a running thing that we're going with now he talks about that in one of these verses this is what it sounds like when god splits an atom with me i even had steve giving out apples for free talking about you know steve jobs famous former ceo of apple everything's connected all ties back together the apples found a way they found their inner gold bloom right and you know this is another song where he does a cool pivot in the second verse it starts off with, I got angels all around me. They keep me surrounded. And then in the second verse, he he pivots from one interpretation of the topic to another. Too many angels on the south side got us scared to let our grandmamas outside. It's just this pivot. The angels become the kids of Chicago. It, it changes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think all in all, angels is just a great tribute to Chicago, to his hometown, and to all the fans who have supported him from the beginning. Not me. Not you. No, he's not. The song is not directed to you. <laughs> but next up is a song called Juke Jam featuring Justin Bieber. The next time. Top three. Toki. This is in your top three. Sorry. I had to yeah. cut myself short there. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, what? You don't like this song? No, this is another song where lyrically, thematically, I find it much stronger than I do musically. So first off, I want to point out, he does a surprising amount of melodic songs for, for a rap artist. For being the rapper. I know. And that's one of the reasons I picked this one over Acid Rap is because it's a little more melodic, more of the stuff that you'd be used to, and I knew you wouldn't be able to hate on it as much. So this is such a pretty song. All the artists' voices work really well together. That's true. I'll give you that. But the rest of them just sound like individual artists singing, you know, on a on a duet song. This one, they all blend together in such a harmonizing way, even though they're all singing individually. That's true. The music is simple and subdued, which allows you to really focus on the story he's telling in the lyrics. And I think lyrically, he tells a very nice story. He does. It's true. 
And it's it's funny because a lot of these songs are like that. The ones that I like the least musically are the ones that are objectively lyrically the strongest. Because yeah, that's my exact thing is I usually end up only liking the music or the lyrics. Like it never seems to be both. That's not quite it for me. I mean, I like both frequently, but I just think his real moments to shine lyrically are the moments where musically it's a little bit lower on the scale for me. I like that the music is simple and subdued here because it's allowing you to focus on what's being said. Sure. And all that said, I mean, we should talk about the story that he is telling. An important piece to this song is juking. If you're not familiar, it's a dance that's a little bit like grinding, but front to back. Don't look it up. Just go in with that knowledge. But his whole point is that it doesn't mean anything because it's just dancing. It's just dancing. Yeah, exactly. It's a really slow reminiscent song, not a juke jam itself. And it kind of examines how the dynamic of relationships has changed as he's grown up. Kind of like we saw on Summer Friends and on Same Drugs. It's not about cooties and skating. At some point there was a shift and it became this physical attraction for a while that surpassed the emotional connection. We used to roll at the rink. I used to talk way too much. You used to know everything. And he's using this juke jam. He's going out to parties, going to the rink again to reconnect with his ex. We've got so much history like we used to do, but it's like, it's all physical. You know, the emotional's all gone, but we can still recreate this element of what we used to have. Justin Bieber's part is probably my favorite thing I've ever heard Justin Bieber do. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, blows baby, 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 oh, out of the water for me. <laughs> Just, we've got, so like the, the rise and then into the fall. Wait, wait, you liked it better than stay. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I think it's ultimately a pretty sad song. The way that we dig into this failed relationship and we just try to revive it on such a shallow, temporary basis. Oh, it absolutely is. Again, I really love it for its storytelling ability, but I just don't know that it does a ton musically. Like, it's one that I'll listen to every time, every single time in the context of this album, but it's not a regular mainstay on the playlist. The next song is another upbeat song. You know, we every time we come out of a slow song, it's into something that's really explosive, it feels like. And this song is All Night, featuring Knox Fortune. Rounding out the official top three. The official top three. Wow, okay. So the, your top three then is... Blessings, Juke Jam, All Night. Blessings, Juke Jam, and All Night. That's such an interesting top three because all three of those songs are so very different. <laughs> and then we currently have Angels and Drum interlude in our Carnival Mention. This song also starts with an intro from Haha ha Davis, right? The comedian from No Problem. And it's all about people who want to take advantage of Chance or just try to ask things from him because he's famous. You know, he just wants to have a good time. He's out partying and he just keeps getting bugged by people. He actually said in an interview, to me, that song is the best song that I've ever written because it's such an awesome concept. The idea behind it is that I'm at this party and in my mind, all everybody wants from me is a ride home. So that's how he structures this song is everyone's asking him for a ride. This felt like a pop song compared to a rap song. Yeah, it definitely has a lot more of that pop leaning to it. Thanks in part to Chicago native Knox Fortune who sings the hook. But I liked it. I just like a lot of parts of this song. Everyone's outside when he rolls up to the party. He goes, oh, now you want to chill. Now you got the bill. Now you want to laugh. Everyone in the city claims that they're related and that they want favors. They just want to talk. They want a selfie, everything. And he's just having none of it. In a very tongue-in-cheek way, too. He's like, last girl, she'll fart on the seat, but now she jogs in the streets. Like, she got in my car, farted, and I kicked her out. That's just funny, isn't it? It's very funny. This is the song that I realized how many times I'd written top three question mark in my notes, and I wrote this is the problem this album has is that too many songs are contending for top three. Yep. They're all on equal footing. That makes sense. I also just real quick want to draw attention to the line. I'm not giving you a ride, so you should use your phone. Call an Uber. You're a goofy if you think I don't know you need a Lyft. Like, that's funny, right? To, to use Uber and Lyft, the, the homophone of Lyft. And Lyft that way, yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty clever. It's just a fun song. That's a, that's certified poetry. It's a, <laughs> Yeah. It's a very low stakes song, and I think that's what I like about it. It's a song about being at a party, and it feels like you're at a party yep how great is the next song i yeah dude i did there oh yeah sure the first part of this song interpolates a song by chris tomlin who's a pretty big player in like the christian music scene and chance's cousin nicole is actually who sings this i wondered if it was actually his cousin named nicole or if my cousin nicole was the person's name no that's actually his cousin i wasn't sure yeah and it's funny because in the last song he talks about how everyone claims to be his cousin everyone in the city says they know him and then he's like also here's my cousin I said that, you know, a lot of these songs are containing for top three because they're all the same. This is not one of them. Yeah, it starts off, like I said, with this with this Chris Tomlin interpolation. And Chris Tomlin actually tweeted out a congratulations to Chance because he performed this song at the Grammys. And he said he took this song to a new level. And it's a very long intro. I mean, it's certainly a change of pace for the album. Oh my gosh. There are, I counted them, 32 how greats in the first three minutes of the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a long setup to get to the 
Chance the Rapper part. I don't know how I feel about it because it is a good chance to take a breath. I like the Harry Potter references. You've not seen Harry Potter, so you probably didn't even know there were Harry Potter references. No, I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Yeah, in verse one, any petty Peter Pettigrew, which all those peas are fun, could get the pesticide. Peter Pettigrew is one of the villains who can turn into a rat. And so the pesticide, you know, line is clever. Okay, yeah, I got none of that. Yeah, we make it through the long intro to that verse, and it is just pedal to the metal, lyrically. He doesn't stop syllable after syllable, like, take a breath, dude. Nah, he doesn't need it. No, you're right. There's some cool interplay with all of his internal rhyming and such. I think if there's a concept on the record that you want to apply a style like this to, How Great is probably the best song to do it. You know, it's not a relationship song, it's not a family song, it's not an ode to Chicago song, like, this is just his deep dive into his faith, and I think that's a good spot to put this constant lyricism. But I didn't like it. No? The first three minutes killed it. I love the second half where he's actually rapping really fast and heavy hitting lyrics like you were just talking about but that first three minutes they just kill the song for me yeah that's fair it takes a long time to get into it they did fake me out at the end of verse one there's that giant pause before he goes into verse two and i thought the song was just over <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean just like listen to some of these words that like you already talked about all the p's and stuff he goes magnify magnify lifted on high spit a spotify to qualify a spot on his side My, like there's just so much syllable play going on in there i just like the way that he constructs these lyrics you know yeah i think this is one area where chance excels over kanye a lot it's in these short phrases or these really involved rhyme schemes we see it a lot on this record in particular but i love it when he just cuts loose and these lyrics just roll right off his tongue he needs to do it more i had that in my notes i said he needs to do this more on the album oh i agree a hundred percent cut loose and go because i think sometimes he does let some of these songs hold him back a little bit just because of their format like we talked about on blessings how the verses are so slow and i think that really limits what he wants to do lyrically over them whereas something like how great we just get that sample in the background and he could just go to town and he does we're approaching the end of the album just a couple songs left but before we move on we should take a smoke break (laughs) yeah right the next song is smoke break featuring future i think the music in smoke break feels a little gimmicky the verses don't do a lot melodically the production's really cool and the chorus feels like a really neat thing as a one-off but it's like a several off on this song so it might for me it might walk the line of being a touch overdone yeah loves the double negatives that's true yeah there there are a lot of those we don't got no time for sex i do love the metaphor about this song you know it's a song about smoking but more than that smoking is a metaphor for all these things that have changed in his life with the new baby with the deepening relationship and with his career progress he uses smoking as a way to illustrate that you know the whole idea of it is we've just been smoking the bowl because it's too time consuming to roll it up properly essentially yeah the sun just exists it wasn't good it wasn't bad it just exists you're right like you talked about having different tiers and stuff i've kind of my three tiers are kind of i like it i don't like it or it exists and this falls right in the middle on it exists uh yeah i get that i don't feel anything overwhelmingly negative about this song but it's certainly not like my positive you know i like the reference to gucci main the the trap house three guwap guwap you know was his nickname and trap house series was a series of mixtapes that gucci main put out that's an interesting fact for you to know uh, listen i do know some about rap there are specific artists that i know we just haven't done any of them well i'll keep that in mind for next time to reiterate the overarching metaphors that we don't have enough time to smoke in the first verse he kind of lays all that out and then in the second verse or on the chorus he says wait let's slow it down take the time to do it properly because we need the break i just think it's a clever illustration I, I really do like the metaphor even though it's a shame that this is the song that it's put into you know what i mean i do and i agree but we're approaching the finish line yes we are approaching the finish line this song finish line slash drown is really just two songs rolled into one which is kind of nice and this song's being added to the honorable mention list uh, it was one i had cut earlier from the top three <laughs> I don't think these songs necessarily deserve top three. I am behind you on that. But I do think they're qualifying for a honorable mention. This is the song that I disagreed with you about, about the Nagity Award, because I counted them, and there are 156 do's and three do nots. I didn't know if we were counting the don'ts, you know. Do? Well, okay, but they sing do, 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 do. That's not like a a word. That's just a sound. No, that'd be like singing la, 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 or na, na, na. I don't think do counts. I think do should count, absolutely, because it's not like it's just in the background 
you know, supporting, you know, accent dues. These are main lyric dues. They're using them as main lyrics. They should count. I don't think so. In any case, both of these songs have way more of that gospel rap vibe to it. Lots of it. The finish line half is basically just Chance saying, here's all the stuff I've had to go through, but I know I'm going to make it to the end in good shape. This song has another Harry Potter reference. It also had a freaking Space Jam reference. Yeah, it did. Love that. It says, give me the water, give me the water. I need the kind from Space Jam. And I identified with that on a personal level. I feel like every kid who saw that movie growing up wanted to try that water. Yeah. T-Pain sings the chorus. All my days I prayed and prayed, and now I see the finish line. I'm going to finish mine. I like that. And I also like, there's a great stretch of lyrics in verse two. Me and my girl plan to stay to the end. Hope there never comes a day when we'd be better as friends. We're in a marathon we could build a marriage on. He ends this verse with, I've been getting blocked just trying to make songs with friends. Labels told me to my face that they own my friends. So it's another little sprinkle of that. Yeah. So the synth voice stuff that they do on this one sounds good compared to where they've done it on some of the other songs where I kind of said I didn't like it. I liked it on this one. Yeah, with T-Pain and All My Days. Yeah, it's much better. Uh, But then we go and we slow it down for part Part two. Yeah, the drown half is pretty different in tone. The Chicago rapper No Name, she's featured on the first verse, and she sings about the loss of her mother and emptiness that was tamed and stuff. And then we get that chorus. The water may be deeper than it's ever been. Never drown. I think it's cool to put with finish line, honestly. It's kind of the same situation, but with varied perspectives towards the same outlook. You know, we're going to make it to the finish line, let's go, versus, yeah, it's hard to get there, but we're going to just keep going and never drown. I, I like it. I like both parts. Verse two of Drown features Kirk Franklin and a choir. And I'll be honest, Kirk Franklin really doesn't do much for me here. I mean, he's kind of just like the choir's hype man. Yeah. I'm familiar with some of his other stuff and he's usually just not this boring. I don't know what you want to call it. He just... I don't know if I know any of his stuff. Maybe not. I don't know. He's just here. And I was disappointed in that. It's just, it's obvious that the choir is the main feature and Kirk is just like tacked on to add clout. Yeah. But with that, is it time to move on to the final track? Blessings reprised. They should have left it just prized because I did not care for the reprise. (laughs) Just prized. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. It's definitely not as good as the first go at Blessings. And really, it's not even the same song. It's just got some similar parts. It's not. This is another part at the beginning. This is like the opposite of how great, kind of, because that one starts repetitive and long and then it gets into him rapping nonstop. This one starts with him rapping nonstop and then just goes on infinitely. Um, This is the song that helped me find my factor spins. Is it really? Towards the end of the verse he says i used to dance to michael i used to dance in high school and so i googled chance the rapper dancing in high school and i found an interview where he talked about dancing to michael which then led me to the cheese sticks wow you know what i didn't even think about this line when i got to that fact i was afraid you would this is another song i feel like i could go on and on about every individual lyric and just the ways that he crafts words and syllables but we don't have the time no it's just better to go listen to it if you're interested yeah the only other one i want to point out is the reference to the odyssey make a with shorty and they ship it like the odyssey yeah it's pretty good i think what really killed this one for me was when they call it blessings reprise i was expecting it to be an actual reprise of the song blessings and it really wasn't no the only time we even get a little taste of what we had before is the end are you ready for your blessings are you ready are you ready yeah and you know it's okay it sunsets the album well i think well, I guess that's the last of the songs. This is going to bring us into the final spin for Coloring Book. Indeed. I like this record. I like this mixtape. I like Chance the Rapper. I mean, frankly, he's just such an interesting story. First of all, you know, the way that he had his rise was super impressive. And I'm pretty much, I'm with the crowd in liking this and Acid Rap kind of at the same level. I think there's a lot to love about Coloring Book. I think there's a lot that I'm indifferent about, but I don't think there's anything that I actually dislike much on this record, you know? Let's start with music lyrics of course musically it's a pretty strong record you know compared to most rap albums and most rappers chance does tend to sing a little more he's able to do it on his own and i like that a lot and that's why we get such melodic songs like same drugs or like blessings things where you could sing along with it we get big sweeping songs like no problem like all we got angels they're they're really huge moments and then we get more subdued songs juke jam summer friends and i think they blend together really well i'm giving music an 88 
88. That's correct. Lyrics, pretty well done throughout. I definitely like the way that he, like we've talked about, uses this mixtape as a canvas to let us like see the world through his eyes. His syllable play is incredible. He just starts going. He has a lot of really cool metaphors. He's such a good storyteller too, like we saw in Juke Jam and stuff. And then he's still able to make songs that are really fun and these lines that are really detailed and vivid, yet lighthearted, like giving Satan a swirly. I'm thinking lyrically, this album is an 87 for me. Pretty close. Yeah, I do consider the lyrics and the music about on equal footing with this record. I enjoy them both the same. Production and instrumentation, I'm generally okay with. There are a few moments, like I said, especially when the lyrics are stronger, that I feel like the instrumentation and production just gets a little weaker for me. It's impressive to work as an independent guy and make all this. I'm giving instruments of production an 88. And for vibe, this album is just so cohesive. I know mixtapes, they don't have to follow that mold, but this one is such like a, a, a good melting pot of subject matter. Like everything gels for me. And it's just fun to listen to, you know? This is a record that I just have the urge to listen to sometimes, which I can't always say about things, but I'm giving vibe a 91. 91, that's the highest. You like the vibe the most. I do. I, I think, I don't know. Everything you can notice, I mean, all those scores are very in a tight cluster. You know, the range is only from 91 to 87. Everything's very similarly scored. But the weight distribution matters. The weight distribution does matter. And its weighted score is an 89.3. 89.3. Where's that put it? 89.3 puts it at number 90. All right. Top 100. Yeah. And where was Kanye in relation? My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is, for reference, currently number 121. And it scored 87.7. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was number 100 when we recorded it. And yeah, he's fallen a considerable amount in the last couple months from number 100 to 121. But in any case, Chance the Rapper, 89.3, ranked number 90. So that's where he falls for me. How about you? For me, I like him way more than Kanye. Even though this is a mixtape, it feels significantly more cohesive than Kanye's was. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is, I guess, heavy all over the place. But from a re-listenability standpoint, I just don't see myself re-listening to this as much. I'll probably add like blessings to my playlist. And if it pops up, we'll see how often I skip it. Oh, so blessings, you're taking blessings as your favorite song? I think so. Okay, so you take blessings and now I have to pick a favorite song. I think looking at this record though, if we're going to have two songs from this record kind of be permanently enshrined on our playlist, I have to go with Angels. That's a good pick. Yeah. I'd be happy when, you know, because we each pick one song from each album to put on our Spin It mixtape. On our favorite songs playlist, yeah. I'd be happy with any of the six that I currently have in my top three in Carnival Mentions. <laughs> any of the six that I currently have in my top three is what that sentence started out as, yeah. And to round that out, we have Blessings, Juke Jam, All Night, official top threes. Carnival Mentions are the Drum Interlude lewd finish line slash drown and angels that's so much one time only right one time only several honorable mentions so i'm curious to see how you're going to score this one because you kind of indicated at first that you thought kanye was better but then you said you re-listened to some kanye and had a change of heart about this yeah i originally did think this was gonna end up lower than kanye until i re-listened to some of kanye i'm not happy with my kanye score i got a little wrapped up in the moment i don't think you know now being 19 episodes in i would have allowed myself to bump it up in the moment that was episode three i hadn't really worked out my scale as well sure i truly think kanye's album deserves to be more in like the four or even maybe a three area for me and so while chance's score is gonna look eerily close to kanye Uh i just want to clarify there is a huge divide there i don't want to retroactively change my score on the spreadsheet you know for people who go back and listen to that episode chance ends up at a six chance thick out of 10. Wow, six chance sticks out of 10. I'm impressed that we got a rap album to a six on your on your list, honestly. <laughs> you make it sound like I'd hate all rap music. There no, is no. rap music I like. <laughs> and this verges towards it. You kind of indicated that this was going to be a lower score. And then when you started clarifying that Kanye should be lower, I thought that's because you were going to stick chance in it at five as well. So I'm actually thrilled to hear that he's kind of slightly above that. I, I like this better than both Pixie Queen and Kim. Right, your other fives. I think it deserves a six. I think it belongs. Actually, I think it actually belongs above the head and the heart as well, but not above permanent vacation. So that's probably about where it'll get slotted. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to have to go re-listen to a couple head and the heart songs before I stick it in above head and the heart, but it'll be either above or below that. Okay. Yeah, six. Not too bad. But with that, we come to a close on another episode of Spin It. That is correct. We have made it.
made it to the end of another fantastic episode of Spin It. Spin It, the podcast. The record-ranking podcast. Anyway, if you like this episode, or if you think you'd like one of our other episodes, be sure to give us a follow wherever you're listening, or on social media, at Spin It Pod on Twitter, at Spin It Pod Official on Instagram, and uh, various other places. See where you can track us down. <laughs> And of course, you can find us on the web all the time at www.spinitpod.com. A lot of cool stuff there. Go check it out. For all of your Spin It, the podcast-related content, we also are produced and distributed everywhere for free, like Chance the Rapper, but we don't sell merch or tour yet. 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 Anyway, tune in next week for another exciting episode. Now listen, Connor, I know we don't do a ton of rap music all the time. I know it's not always your favorite. (sighs) So, uh... I'm sorry we did this, but we had to because we're covering every genre all the time. It worked out. This was a decent enough one. I got a six, but I'm officially turning in my punch card. Tur- no, wait. We talked about it a few episodes ago that I wanted a punch card so that I could pick an album. I'm tired of you picking everything and giving me all these ones. I keep giving low scores. I've got a couple of low scores in a row now. I'm tired of it. I'm picking an album. You're picking. You're going to you're going rogue. Is this a coup? I'm going rogue. You can show up prepared for my album or not, but I'm coming with my wait. album. I disapprove. I don't Can't agree. No, no. What are we doing? Uh, what are we going to do? I'm taking a wrecking ball to our podcast structure. What does that mean? 